So welcome to Season of Change, Transforming Your Life by the Power in the Word of God. I am your host, Evangelist Joseph Jeremiah. I have my guest here tonight, but on the other side is 3 p.m. His name is Craig McCauley. Hope I'm right with that name. Kirk McCarley, you're pretty close, Joseph. Okay, Craig McCauley. Okay, from United States of America, from Florida, precise. He's a leadership coach and expert in leadership training and a great man that has impacted life, a lot of life. He's an author and is a teacher also. So tonight we'll be considering a topic with him that will be having some questions to ask our guests on this platform, Season of Change, on faith-based leadership, how it affects organizations in a circular context. So welcome, Macaulay, on Season of Change. Joseph, thank you so much for having me, and it's great to be in the uh, Eastern Hemisphere this evening. Wow. Thank you so much. So can you, brief, can you tell us brief about yourself? I'm a person of faith, uh, a Christ follower. I'm a husband. I'm a father. I'm a grandfather. Vocationally, my ministry involves working with people. As a coach, I have clients who come to me. They want to get to someplace else other than where they are at the current time. That may be a new business, a new position, a job. They want to be more effective in the job in which they're in. How do I develop my leadership skills in order to have great greater impact than what I'm able to have now? And I work with these clients to help them advance to where it is they feel led to, where they feel spiritually led. And I rejoice when those accomplishments are achieved. And that is the greatest gratification that I have as a coach. Uh, besides that, I work with uh, ESPN. I'm a production assistant and work in sports, football, American football, uh, football as in soccer, baseball, softball, basketball, and I'm also a group exercise instructor. So that is a very high-level summary of me, Joseph. Wow, that's a great one. You are involved in a lot of things. I'm still, I'm still trying to figure out what I want to do at the age of 67. How about that? Wow, and I see that you, you can still manage your time despite the age and with a lot of activities on your side. That is where I get my rest and my comfort is in being engaged. My greatest enemy is idleness. And so mm -hmm. I'm always looking to be doing something when I'm not sleeping. And I'm fortunate to get adequate rest, which is important to carry out the assignments of the day. Well, I can see the joy in you when doing something and when impacting life. I can see the joy all over you. It's sounding, it's reflecting in your voice and it's showing all over you. So welcome. Also. Thank you. We'll be moving straight. 
you know, so we'll move, in, we'll move straight to the first questions I will be asking you here on this platform based on the topic we'll be discussing tonight on faith-based, the impact of faith-based leadership on organizational culture and in circular context. And the first question is this, how does faith-based leadership influence the value and ethics within an organization, organizational operation? Good question, Joseph. For me, we work in organizations, their policy manuals, try to do this, avoid doing this. The larger policy manual for me is what I get through scripture, uh, what God has handed down. And so the first question is, how does what this organization aims to do align with that? First and foremost, those define my values, they define my ethics, but I also believe there's a lot of latitude uh, within that. And what I mean is, how can I flexibly apply this? How am I compelled to think deeper than just the surface? God, what are you really trying to tell me here? What am I missing what do I need to be open to? What is going to, first and foremost, be, of, be pleasing to you, but beyond that, to the masters that I'm working for in this environment to carry out what they seek to accomplish. So that's where I begin uh, as far as having effectiveness in a work environment. Wow, that's great. Starting with the great questions and your response and your submission were perfect. So I thank you for that. So we'll go to the next questions. In what way can faith-based leadership foster inclusivity, inclusivities and diversity in organizations, in organizational culture with a, with a predominant circular contest? That's a great question uh, as well. And that starts to me from the standpoint of the Great Commission uh, that Jesus gave each of us to go out and make disciples of all nations. It is safe to communicate and gravitate towards people who seem like us. Um, and that's a wonderful thing to do. And I have many friends that we have a lot in common. But I think we're called to go out and make associations with the people who we don't have so much in common with. Um, it was about a year ago, I had a client who came to me. He was, uh, he was Muslim persuasion. And I knew that, and I respected his faith. And so I wanted to understand more about him, the importance of his faith to him, what that means, how that dictates, how he goes about doing things. And what that did for me is that actually strengthened my own faith because I gained a perspective. I got educated 
Likewise, I had an Orthodox Jewish client uh, a couple years ago learning about his faith, some things that I didn't know about, that it's the same God, but a different perspective of that. And what can I learn from this situation to educate myself, to use, to put myself in the mindset of that person who I'm trying to develop a relationship with? We developed those relationships. We gained mutual respect from each other. And what I hope that did a small uh, part of doing in the kingdom is commissioning to all people. Wow. So let's move to the next question so that we can move fast a bit. What are the challenges that this, may co this might cause? In when integrating faith-based leadership in a secular organization? Well, here in uh, uh, America, uh, there's a lot of sensitivity towards uh, a separation of church and state. Uh, and uh. in organizations, we have people of a lot of different creeds, colors, gender, uh, cultures, <laughs> They come together. Uh, this is a great melting pot of a nation. Other than Native Americans, we are all immigrants who uh, lived here. Our ancestry uh, emanated from somewhere else. So we've got this unique blend that is here, and we're called upon to be respectful. Uh, I think, first of all, I wish my camera was working because I'd have a, an illustration, but when we apply pressure and someone else is applying pressure against that, we're not progressing anywhere. We're staying stagnant. We're working extremely hard to accomplish nothing, and we're just not going anywhere. Mm -hmm. So the compassionate approach, I need to yield. I need to turn down that thermoset, so to speak. I need to seek first to understand where someone is coming from before I can be understood. And a funny thing happens when you do that. By virtue of that, allowing someone to be heard, someone to listen to, they pretty much start to develop a relationship with you. Thank you for listening to me. Uh, that was so awesome. So few, so few people will take the time to do that. I feel heard. I feel validated. We're making mm. some progress then. And so in a work environment where we have these rules and standards, there are certain things that no, no rules or standards. Love, joy, uh, understanding, some of the fruits of the Spirit that are talked about in Galatians. So the challenge for me, and I think others, how do we apply those practically for, which there, for those things for which there are no laws? And that's every day that we're called upon to do that. Wow. So how can we address all these challenges? Well, the four-letter word of love is, to me, where that, where that starts. I, uh, 
remember a man, this was 30 years ago, Joseph, he retired. And at his retirement ceremony, uh, he had been with the organization for many, many years, pretty weathered, pretty wrinkled. He had seen a lot of life. But he, he, he said this, and it really had impact. Every person that's here was once a little baby, came into the world innocent, um, un, unfettered by what life had done up to that point. They were dependent upon everybody. And when I see that person, that man or woman on the street, I think back to how they got their start from innocence. Life has happened to them along the way, but we were each beautifully and wonderfully made in the image of our Father. And taking that perspective, and it's hard to apply, sometimes particularly when you're facing conflict with someone else, it gives a whole different light, a whole different awareness as to who we're dealing with, that joy emanates. We all started at the same place. We were innocent. We were helpless. We can. We have agreement on that. Thank you so much, Macaulay, for your submission on that. So I'll move to the next questions on how do faith-based leadership contributes to the development to the development and the purpose among hello hello I'm still with you how okay. does faith based how does faith based faith based yes faith based leadership contributes to the development of purpose among purpose and means amongst employees. We have tenets that we can all agree upon. There are truths and absolutes. Uh, we may try to argue those these days. Well, this really doesn't mean that. It means that. But at the end of the day, I think we can all concur. Values such as kindness, uh, exhibiting a spirit of joyfulness, love, uh, a certain faith. And we all have faith. Even a person who does not have faith in God or a God has faith that there is not a God. So we all come from that commonality, even though we may be different in how we approach that. What is it that we can agree upon that are truths, that are absolutes? And we start there. That goes back to this idea of it is my duty regardless to hear what my brother or sister are saying, to be open and receptive. Uh, to that. I may not agree with it, but I want to make sure they're heard. The response may be, I hear what you're saying. Let me make sure that I'm hearing you correct. 
you've said this and you've said that. Am I accurate? Okay. They may in turn give you that audience to say, and what do you believe? I believe in this. I believe in that. These are the foundations of my belief. We may get to the point of we disagree on these things, and they may be very big things, but what is it that we can agree upon? That's faith-based leadership. As a Christ follower, God equips me to go out and share the good news of the gospel. Oftentimes, he asks me to do that without actually using words. It may oh. just be... What I exhibit, my love, my uh, countenance with someone, as opposed to preaching at them, telling them they should or shouldn't do this. We have two ears, one mouth. Use those two ears first, and then if necessary, we can use our, our voice. Thank you so much. So, how can faith-based leadership enhance employees' morals and well-being in organizations where there, is, there are different beliefs, religious beliefs? It goes back, Joseph, to their core fundamentals that we can all subscribe mm. to. We have faith in those fundamentals. Again, regardless of what our specific faith may be, what God we worship to or don't worship to, what are these tenets that we can all concur and agree with? And then in faith-based, in my faith, how do I live those out? What am I commanded to do? How am I supposed to respond in these situations. Unfortunately, we have a great book in, in, in the Bible and Scripture that gives us a game plan for some of those things, how we go about doing that. And it's the best policy manual I have seen that addresses so many things. And I'm not going to say that it may not be contradictory at some, time, at some point in time, what well, says this here, but it seems to insinuate this here. But that's drilling down farther, digging into Scripture. What was the context that that was said in? Who was it said to? What were the circumstances taking place? And maybe they're similar to the circumstances that I'm dealing with in 2024. So how does that still apply? Thank you so much. So what impact does faith-based leadership has on decision-making and the process of strategic initiatives in an organization? If I may share a story that resonates on that subject, this is a story that I've used with ethical training. But there was an organization, it was, uh, <coughs> pardon me, 
is in the Minneapolis-St. Paul area of uh, the United States in Minnesota. And this was a small organization, about 60 employees, whose job it was to promote good health among young people, uh, to inspire our youth to have healthy habits, to eat well, to exercise well, to avoid alcohol and tobacco. And like many not-for-profit organizations like this one was, they relied on contributions and donations from private organizations. There was one private organization that stepped forward and said, we would love to help you out. Um, we believe in healthy kids and we're going to make a generous contribution. What that contribution was going to do is allow them to not have to lay off staff to continue the work that was being made to promote happy, healthy kids. The organization was uh, R.J. Reynolds, and that's not to diminish R.J. Reynolds, but they are in the tobacco business and have been for a long, long time. So the challenge for the organization was, do we accept a gift from an organization that produces tobacco and substances that uh, young people may abuse? We retain our mission, people keep their jobs, we go forward. The director of the organization met with his board and presented that question to them. They batted around for a while, they debated it, and at the end of the day, they came to a decision. The next day, the director went to the 60-employee staff, and they were all aware of what the contribution was. And they said, or he said to the, to the team, we're not going to accept this contribution. It would violate the values of our organization. It's not what we're about in spite of the fact that a quarter of you here are going to lose your jobs immediately because we won't have the funding. With that decision, there was a standing ovation of applause, even among the people who were going to use their jobs, because the mission of the organization and the values it espoused were more important than what, thing, what was going to happen monetarily. The point of it is, in faith-based, sometimes we have to make those difficult decisions, and they can cost us, and they can cost others. But adherence to our values and beliefs can never be replaced. So one example of faith-based and how they had faith, that organization's still around, by the way, they prospered, they went forward, in spite of that one-time decision that they were caused to make. Wow, thank you so much. That was an interesting story. And it's good for one to know the value of its organization in order not to pull down the organization's value and not to drag the name of the organization or mud. So let's move to the last one so that we can call it a day. So how can the organization, how can organizations balance the principles of faith-based leadership? 
with the need for a circular work environment. Jesus uh, examined the coin and he said, render unto Caesar that which is Caesar, render unto God that which is God. So he understood this tension that existed between faith and a secular type environment. He gave us a formula for navigating that. And in this case, the government were to respect the authorities and carry out what they ask us to do as long as it's in alignment with what our civil values are, what we believe, what we adhere to. And again, it's digging deep under the surface. Uh, I was considering uh, a, a... section in Acts where Paul and Silas were imprisoned for helping a woman who had been beaten. And it just didn't beaten. It just didn't make sense. They were in chains, yet in spite of their chains, they continued to sing praises to God for everything he had done for them. And through his intervention, even though there was a temporary price paid, uh, their loyalty to God, they were eventually released. The situation became resolved. So as believers, we're going to face tough situations where it may cost us and cost us dearly, but at the end of the day, God has got us covered. He's got our backside. He's going to deliver us. It may not be the way we want or we expect, but it will happen. The victory has has already been won, and uh, yeah. I, for one, rejoice in that. So, thank you so much, uh, Macaulay. You have really done justice to all the questions we have before me. But I want you. I want to give you this privilege to give us some take homes and to our audience your take-homes on this topic? Number one, Joseph, um, know who you are uh, in your faith or or, or non-faith. Secondly, the values uh, that are important to you that you adhere to, your principles. Uh, These are the non-negotiables, so to speak, Uh, You want to be true to yourself. By virtue of doing that, you'll be true to others. Third, I think we want to listen better as well as we can. We want to slow the pace down just a little bit, the cadence, the rhythm. Allow people time to process, to be heard. And that's going to take an investment of time. We never know who we're going to intersect with that it may end up being a sacred intersection. So the little old lady on the street, the uh, young kid at the convenience store, that may be somebody that's being put in our pathway at that point in time. So uh, faith, uh, values, listening, looking and being aware of potential intersections that we're called to engage in. 
Thank you so much, Macaulay. So can you just quickly give uh, the audience how they can reach you and uh, if you have any publications you want them to get in touch with you for so you can mention how they can reach to you, they can get onto you and get such information. Thank you. Yes, I'd love to hear from some of your uh, audience members. I'm in Florida in the United States. Uh, my website is theseedsowercoach.com. That's a play on a couple of things, the parable of the seed sower, plus I like to garden and I like to see the things that I plant grow. Mm -hmm. Likewise with clients, I want to help nourish them so that they can grow and aspire to who they want to be. Uh, email is Kurt at theseedsowercoach.com. At my website, you'll see some other podcasts. And right now, I'm working on a book. Uh, the title of the book is uh, Thoughts for My Kids. And I've got two kids, six grandkids, and other people's kids. Hmm. Some observations about business, leadership, communication, sports, a variety of different topics. And sometime in 2024, I don't have a specific date. Uh, I look for that uh, publication to be going out. Wow, thank you so much. And we hope once the, the publication is out, it will reach us here on this planet and so that we can have more of your materials and learn a lot from you and so that it can also impact lives. And uh, I want to say this, that thank you so much for coming on our, pla on our platform. We so much enjoyed you and we want you wish that you can give us another opportunity to still come on this platform to still share more lights on your knowledge on other things and we know that God will strengthen you and give you the grace and I know that once we knock at your door you will always open unto us to receive us. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Joseph. It's been wonderful meeting with you and getting to spend some time uh, in the evening in, uh, in the Eastern Hemisphere. So, thank you so much. I want to say to our, all our audience that thank you for, thank you. And you can also follow us on Facebook, on Instagram, on uh, every streaming platform. You can listen to our podcast. You can watch us on YouTube also. Just type Season of Change Podcast Show and you get in touch with us. If you have any questions, you can also forward it out to us. We'll get in touch with or any of our guests that needs that you need their attention or that the question is being forwarded to. Thank you so much and stay connected with us. This is Season of Change, transforming your life by the power in the Word of God. We want to say a big thank you to our guest again. Thank you. We appreciate your coming. We appreciate your time. And we are hoping to see you again. Thank you so much, Makali. Thank you, Joseph. Stay blessed. Thank you.